Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo. What's going on? And welcome back to the Fight Podcast. We're at episode 74. Um, today, we have a great show for you. We're going to go ahead and break down all the action from this weekend's fight card. So we're talking about UFC Fight Night in Fortaleza, Brazil. And we're also talking about the return of Sergey Kovalev um, and his fight this past weekend as well. And all the boxing fights that they had is, um, this weekend. Man, some fire cards. Man, but before we get to that, the fight podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep, fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe listen rate share uh we're on soundcloud google play itunes spotify stitcher and everywhere podcasts live all right man welcome back man like i said it was episode 74 of the fight podcast um it's been a great weekend um another amazing weekend of fights we actually had glory um kickboxing this past friday UFC Fortaleza in Brazil was Saturday, and so was um, the huge uh, top-ranked boxing card on ESPN, headlined by Sergey Kovalev. So, um, as we know, I'm going to wait a little bit longer in the week, and I'll really deep dive into boxing, but I am going to go ahead and talk about it. Um, all in all, man, I hope you all had a great weekend. I know it was a Super Bowl weekend, but man, I didn't watch any lick of it. I haven't watched a down in football in over two years. Um, look, man, if you do, I'm not judging anybody. Uh, I heard the game was trash, so... I don't feel like I missed anything. It's all good, man. Uh, the whole time the game was going on, I got buddies of mine hitting me up. Yo, you watching the game? This is crazy. It's boring as hell. You enjoying it? <sighs> I, yeah, I'm I'm not watching that. And what I ended up watching, man, I sat back, watched um, all the fights over again from Saturday night. Um, but I also went ahead and watched a gang of romantic comedies, man. Uh, 
look, I don't care. I love a good rom-com, a good rom-com that makes me smile, makes me tear up and stuff, man. That makes me feel something. I love that. And I don't care what anybody says, man. My girl laughs at me. I'm the dude who sits there and boohoo's and cries and stuff. Oh, it makes me so happy. I love it. Yep, that's me. I don't care. Uh, I don't need to be tough for nobody. <laughs> I love a good rom-com, man. So uh, that was my weekend, man. Fights and rom-coms. But look, man, congrats to the Patriots and the Rams and everybody who was watching. Um, but man, that absolutely had to take a backseat to all the fire news um, that came out this weekend. Oh, and uh, check it out, man. Um, free, free 21 Savage, man. Um, what's going on with that young man is horrible and i hope that that's rectified really really quickly if you don't know what i'm talking about 21 savage uh big rapper coming out of um atlanta young dude great music actually just dropped a super dope album uh this past um a couple weeks ago man it's a because i am i was album super dope but man they saying but he's uh uh british and um they're trying to deport him but whatever man i I stand with 21 man he he, he's uh one of ours i have atlanta roots so i always love atlanta hip-hop but i go ahead and digress um like i said there's so much fight action there was so much fight news and look i want to go ahead and start off with ufc fight night um that took place in fortaleza brazil every time the ufc has gone to brazil eh, look let me let me not say all that not every time but the majority of the times um those fight cards really really produce and this was honestly one of the better ones that i've seen um, this fight was headlined by uh, Rafael Asensio versus Marlon Moraes. This is the second time they've actually competed. I broke this down. Um, I, I thought Marlon Moraes had his number, and boy, was I right. Uh, this was a great fight. Marlon Moraes ends up finishing the fight in the very first round, three minutes and 19 seconds in by guillotine choke. All right, so what happened? This fight starts off just like a lot of them do. Both men seem to be a little tentative. He was tentative because obviously they know they've been in there with each other. And a lot of times when you see rematches, one of two things happens, right? We have guys who go at it and it just looks like an extension of the first fight. Or guys are timid because they know what the other dude offers and they don't want to get stopped quickly. So this fight gets going. A lot of movement in Marlon Marias, man. He has finished his last now three fights by devastating first round finishes. And he's fighting some top notch guys. Al Jermaine Sterling, beast. Jimmy Rivera, Boricua stand up, beast. Rafael Sensao, beast. He deserves a title shot. How did he do it? So Marlon goes out there. There is definitely this feeling out process. Both guys really just throwing like kicks, kind of pawn. But out of nowhere, this dude unleashes two of the biggest right hands. 
connects with the first right hand and really man it really looked like it shocked both men that first shot was so quick it was a huge looping right hand landed directly on Rafael Asensio's chin it staggered Rafael and kind of stopped him directly in his tracks they both pause for a brief moment and then he fires off the same exact punch Drops Rafael Sensao, lands some great ground and pound. And one thing that I want to really give Marlon Moraes uh, some credit for is his patience. He had his opponent hurt and a lot of guys would rush the finish. He did not. He actually went out there, took his time and watching him really out grapple. Yes, he was hurt, but he out grappled another black belt in jujitsu slicing through his defense passing landing great ground and pound um and then he did something that i think a lot of people didn't expect when Rafael Sensai was hurt he ends up pushing him against the cage and ends up getting him in a guillotine choke now a lot of times what people end up doing is they'll try to finish the standing or they'll try to snap down their opponents so that they're still on top. And then if anything, they'll end up pulling guard or whatever. Marlon didn't do this. Marlon ended up grabbing his opponent and pulled him on top of him first. Extremely dangerous, especially when you have somebody as skilled on the ground as Rafael Asensa. He pulls him on top of him, but then sweeps him ends up on top so he has that mounted power guillotine gets on top pushes his hips through all up in Rafael's waist and ends up finishing the choke there great first round finish for Marlon Marais what happens next or what should happen next a couple things off bat as soon as I watched the fight I was like oh forget Henry Cejudo I want to see this guy fight for the belt he deserves a chip. No questions asked, right? This is the best fighter not named TJ Dillashaw in that division. For all of us who want to talk about Henry Cejudo, oh, but look, Henry knocked him out. Man, go somewhere with that. We all know that was a garbage stoppage. Henry is a beast. I give him props for that. But aside from that, is he better than TJ? I am still not ready to say that. If they fight again, he actually beats him in devastating fashion. Well, well, look, check it out. I'll tip my hat. It was a quick stoppage. It was garbage. So forget all that. I don't care. What I do care about is watching two of the most exciting fighters in the world compete at their best weight class. A lot of people don't know Marlon. We look at Marlon and they're like, oh, this is a guy who came from World Series of Fighting, which is now the PFL. He was a champion there, and a lot of times when champions come over from other organizations to the UFC, all the pundits, fighters, everybody, ah, that was another organization. Now they're at the big show. They made it. Those guys that they're fighting aren't as good. Obviously, that means these guys aren't as good as they're advertised. We can bring examples. Look at Hector Lombard beast monster one of my favorite fighters of all time i love hector lombard look i'm biased i always cheer for the latinos right he goes out here and did not have the career that all of us expected him to after he was such a dominant champion with bellator 
Bellator wasn't what Bellator is today, but it was still a respectable organization. He wasn't what he was supposed to be. Same thing with David Branch. There's and so many others. And even to an extent, I mean, we really can't say Eddie Alvarez. He ended up getting a chip, but he had his struggles, right? So people didn't want to give Marlon his props. Marlon deserves it. Marlon deserves all the props in the world. And then afterwards, oh man, one thing that Marlon did after the fight, which I love, is the call out. The way he went out there and did that. And being able to sit back and calling out TJ Dillashaw, pretty much he put the entire division on notice. He ends up going out there and says, hey man, you guys could have it. I don't even want to fight TJ. He doesn't deserve, he does not deserve to fight me. Ooh, you know that got under TJ's skin. He said he needs to go back over there and fight with the little boys at 125. Yo, that's hilarious, especially with, and you know Marlon knew this, Hector Lombard, or not Hector Lombard, um, Hen- uh, Henry Cejudo was actually in the stands. He was in Fortaleza. He was there. So he called him out. So pretty much in one swoop, Marlon called out the 125-pound champ and the 135-pound champ. You know that pissed TJ off. Ooh, you know it did. And honestly, we know how this sport works and we know how Dana White operates. There is going to be more buzz, in my personal opinion, for Marlon Moraes versus TJ Dillashaw now. And honestly, I have no clue who's going to win at this point in time. So great fight. Marlon Moraes, man. I salute that man. Super beast. All right. Now, one of the most fun fights and honestly, one of the most anticipated fights on the card was Jose Aldo Jr. versus the next one, the anointing one, was um, Renato Moicano. So Renato Moicano is the number five ranked uh, 145-pounder in the world. Obviously, Jose is ranked number two. We all looked at Jose like, look, man, he's probably on the back nine of his career, but what's actually going to happen? Do we feel any specific way does he have anything left in a tank yeah his last fight he went out there and he did beat jeremy stevens but people still weren't going to give jose his props right i understand we saw him get starched by mcgregor we saw him get just absolutely beat down twice by max holloway so everybody's like his time at the top is probably done i get it i get it and i understand people's thought process so this fight a lot of people were like, look, Hinata Moicano was the one who was the stand-in for the Max Holloway-Brian Ortega fight. A lot of people don't know that. What that means is that they, the way they set it up is this. Every time there's a championship fight, they have a guy just in case somebody pulls out last minute. Moicano was that guy. So obviously the UFC thinks extremely highly of Moicano. This was his opportunity. This was his time to pretty much get what I call that old, that vet rub, right? The championship rub. As an up and comer, they put you up against a standout vet. And after they get you in there with the vet, you beat the vet then you take the vets fans and you end up getting a bigger platform, right? 
this is what combat sports do. They 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 send the uh, they send the um, the champions out to pasture by getting them beat down by one of the up and coming prospects. And I think that this is what the UFC wanted. They they made it that um, this was a co-main event, so they didn't even want to give Jose his props. Right? What happened in the fight? Yo, Jose first and foremost is a rock star in Brazil. Everybody loves him. The way the crowd just erupted. When he walked into the arena, it's incredible. Yo, by the way, I'm not trying to hate on Brazil. I'm not trying to hate at all. You guys need some help with walkout music, man. Uh, Not as much Jose, but (laughs) all their walkout music, man, I don't know how that pumps you up. All of it sounds like either A, I'm supposed to be, you know, hanging out with strobe lights at a club or B, I'm supposed to be kicking it on the beach. I want something a little bit more aggressive. When I used to walk out, I used to walk out to T.I. I mean, maybe it's just this is an American thing where, you know, a little bit more, um, I don't know, aggressive or, or you know, in, in terms of our our, our bravado and stuff. Eh, I'm not going to say that. They got the machismo uh, heavy down there. But it, look, man. I digress. Y'all need to get some better music. Regardless, they go out there. The fight is the first round. Really did seem like a chess match. Both men are a little tight, feeling out. Moicano's doing a great job of using his length and actually landing a lot of solid leg kicks, right? Lands a couple leg kicks and he started popping his jab. Jose Aldo's game plan was really evident from the start. And this is something that he does with everybody. This dude is a body snatcher. He tries to attack the body. So what he was doing, he really does have that real Dutch kickboxing foundation. Serge, what's Dutch kickboxing foundation? Well, it's Muay Thai. When you look at standard Muay Thai, they don't use hands as regularly. They do a better job of, you know, throwing elbows, knees. A lot of the Muay Thai game is done and actually utilized in the clinch. Dutch kickboxing is a little different in terms of the guys, you know, from that part of the world use their hands a little bit more. And one of the combinations that they call the Dutchy is one of Jose Aldo's best combinations. Big leg kicks, you know, it's a jab right hand, big hook to the body, chopping leg kick. Something that Jose Aldo does better than some of the, the, honestly, some of the best kickboxers in the world. And uh, speaking of great kickboxers, we have an incredible kickboxer coming on later on this week. Um, He actually won his fight. He's the number eight ranked. um, He's probably moving up now. He's the eighth ranked kickboxer in the world. Asit Tenpao. He will actually be on the show this week. So keep your eyes and ears open for that, man. I'm really excited for that interview. Um... But going back to Jose Aldo, he goes out there and he's really has that Dutch kickboxing foundation. But he does struggle against guys who have length, i.e. Max Holloway, Conor McGregor, two of the longest guys in that division's history. Moicano's in the same vein. Um, So just let me go with the numbers a little bit. Total strikes landed. Just to see how close this was. Aldo lands 26 out of 50 shots. Moicano lands 24 out of 53. Yo, we're picking apples and oranges, right? Um, 
no knock, no knockdowns or no submission attempts, no passes, no reverses, none of that, right? Second round. After the first round was primarily a feeling out process. Jose Aldo does what Jose Aldo does. He presses the action and then out of nowhere, he lands a, a really, really powerful left hook. Boom! To the naked eye, honestly, it doesn't seem like Morikano was hurt. But he slowed down just enough for Aldo just to jump him. He runs up and then just hits him with a barrage of punches, uppercuts, left hooks. As Moikano was trying to retreat, he ends up unleashing some of the most vicious body shots I have ever seen. Chasing Moikano across the across the uh, ring with just vicious left hooks to the body. Just boom, boom, boom. Moikano starts to crumble. As he crumbles, Jose Aldo finishes him. Ref pulls him off. Um, fight's done. Jose Aldo Jr. with the big win um, against one of the highly touted uh, people in the sport right now in that division. Um, again, he ends up defeating him second round, 46 seconds into the second round, man. So congratulations to the legend. And look, there's no if answer, but I don't give a damn about anything that happened with Conor McGregor. That's not important. That was in the past. That was a couple years ago. Jose Aldo is a legend. And one thing that he has done that I think a lot of people have forgotten about is, again, Jeremy Stevens is a beast. He finished him in the second round. Hanato Moicano is a beast. He finished him in the second round. So we look at this. He's still the number two ranked guy. The number one ranked guy is Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega does not have a dance partner. He's still trying to get his head right from the butt whooping that he ended up getting in the hands of the GOAT at that featherweight division, Max Holloway. Yeah, I said it. Max is the GOAT of that division. And in my opinion, he's possibly top three pound for pound in the world right now. Arguey, somebody, please argue with me about it. You can't. Who's better? Who are the top three you can, we can actually say is better currently than Max Holloway? We can't. So, Max Holloway right now, we don't know what he's going to do. He might end up moving up to a buck 55. If he does move up to 155, because realistically, he's cleaned out to that division. 13 fight win streak, just beat the number one ranked guy. What is there left? Moicano just got beat by Aldo, who Max beat up twice. This is what the UFC should do. Brian Ortega versus Jose Aldo Jr. The winner of that gets Max Holloway. Gets a rematch with Max if Max is still there. If Max is not there, what do we do? Jose Aldo Jr. versus Brian Ortega for the vacant 145-pound featherweight title. Perfect storybook ending for Jose Aldo Jr. He's been talking about retiring at the end of this year already. If that plays out the way I believe it will, he will be able to go up there, get his belt back, and then sail off into the sunset as a champion, as a true legend in the sport. So, all in all, man, salute to Jose Aldo Jr. I mean, I, I couldn't be more happy for dude, man. All right. The rest of this fight card was great. It really was. Um, the least entertaining fight in the card, in my opinion. Um, look, for those jujitsu heads, I'm sorry. 
I love jujitsu also. I watched EBI. I do all that kind of stuff. And I'm be honest with you. There were more strikes landed in an EBI, you know, jujitsu match than there were in this fight between Damian Maya versus Lyman Good. Lyman Good, look, I'm a fan. I'm probably a fan because Lyman Good looks like my long lost brother. I look, I, I even had a buddy of mine hit me up like, Serge, man, when you get this back tat, nah, bruh, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but look, Lyman Good is great. He's, he has a, he's a former champion with Bellator. Very, very tough, very solid guy. He has never been finished in his career. But then he fought Damian Maya, and Damian Maya does what Damian Maya does. Damian Maya goes out there and smits Lyman Good in the very first round, two minutes and 39 seconds into the very first round. What happened? Listen to this. This is utterly ridiculous. In this entire match, this entire match, there were only eight punches thrown. Eight punches thrown in the entire fight. And they were all by Damian Maya. Lyman Good landed zero. He landed none, nothing. How are you a pro fighter? You don't even land a single strike unless you got completely knocked out. But that's the beauty of Damian Maya's game. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing game in the world. And honestly, that's why most of us don't enjoy watching Damian Maya. But what did Damian do? He does it. He's huge for the weight class. Somebody who walks around again, this is 170 pounds, but this is the man who walks around well into the tennis 200s, right? Walks around like 205, 208. Cuts all the way down so he's physically imposing. He was able to go out there, get a single leg like he always does, get the back of his opponent. He ends up getting the backpack. So a lot of times you see Damian Maia, he's literally... They're standing up. He's on his back. He attacks with the with the rear naked choke, and he is so technical. He is so technical with, with his jujitsu that anything that you do, he actually has an answer for it. Look, man, he's forty one years old. He's been training jujitsu his entire life. He's a master. Um, it is really a beautiful thing to watch. Even though in MMA, that's not obviously what most of us want to see. Um, but congratulations, uh, Damian Maya in his victory. What's next for Damian Maya? Who cares? I mean, at 170 pounds, the weight class is stacked. He's already lost to Tyron Whitley, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. Those are the top three guys right now. And the rest of the guys are actually already tied up. You know, I would like to see him against... Um, shoot, he's actually already beat Jorge Masvidal, who, which was an extremely entertaining fight. I would venture to watch that fight again if he gets past Darren Till. Um, but I'll also like to see him versus Darren Till. That will be a, you can really sell that as a real strong uh, striker versus grappler matchup, man. So we'll see what ends up happening with that in the, in the near future. But uh, salute to the man, Damian Maya. But man, I can't stun, bro. It wasn't the most entertaining fight in the world. Um, I'm gonna go over these, the rest of these pretty quickly. Charles Oliveira goes out there and, and dude has a tough fight. I had him picked to win this fight, but man, had a uh, really performed well. Um, gets a second round submission, 58 seconds to the very second round. Um, the very second round to sound goofy. Um, in the second round against David Tamer. David Tamer, look, bro, super t- a super tough dude. This is at 155 pounds. This is a lightweight bout. 
And um, he went out there and competed. Um, very, very close fight in terms of striking. Um, I put it like this. Charles Oliveira was a little bit more active um, with his strikes, landing 31 out of 80, 81 shots. On the other hand, David Tamer lands 31 out of 50 shots. Higher clip, but it, I mean, look, we're looking at the flow of the fights. We don't really know what's going on with that, right? Um, all Charles Oliveira needed was this one takedown. The moment he ended up getting his one takedown, he ended up going out there and submitting his opponent um, with the quickness. Um, he is right now the most decorated submission artist. He has the most submissions in UFC history. He has more. He has 10 of them. He has more than Hoist Gracie. He has more than Damian Maya. He has more than everybody. So what does that mean? Look, even though we've all known and seen, look, Charles Oliveira hasn't been able to really beat the biggest guys in the division. He hasn't been able to beat the best guys in the division. Um, especially people with incredible striking. His striking has gotten a lot better, but he's not getting the top tier guys. Um, great fight, great win. Charles Oliveira is slowly becoming a legend in jiu-jitsu. And, um, and he, he's always going to be a tough out, man. Great fight uh, for him. All right. Uh, the other fights on the card. Um, yo, um, one that was super wild was Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, the up and coming prospect um, in the UFC. Uh, he was actually one of our um, prospect alerts uh, not too long ago. Uh, he went ahead and fought another prospect, Justin Ledet. It was a close fight, but Johnny Walker, this was actually one of the biggest um um not upsets, but he was one of the biggest favorites on the card. He was a minus 220. Um and 16 seconds in fam 16 seconds 16 seconds in the very first round the knockout artist artist johnny walker goes out here and throws a nasty spinning back fist and just completely destroys justin ledette finishes the fight 16 seconds um yo sky's the limit for this kid what i would like to see next i heard chris weidman is moving up to 205 Let's let Chris Weidman fight this guy. Let's see how he does with the Wolves. There's not a lot at 205, but look at everybody who's coming up to 205. Luke Rockhold. We have, um, we got Luke. We have uh, Chris Weidman. And then you also have, you have the Anthony Smiths who's about to fight for the title and so much more. So look, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Johnny Walker. We finally have an up and coming superstar um, there and we'll end up seeing what happens, man. So uh, all in all, man, great fight card. Uh, the, the, the old school, old school came back, man. Tiago Alves ended up getting a split decision victory against Max uh, Griffin, man. So great win for him. Um, fun fight. Fight, man fun fight cards and uh ufc does it once again man really really fun and uh i cannot wait to whew, this upcoming week they have even more fun man but before 
We break down boxing. Um, I always want to remind you guys that the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep, fitness mentoring. So what that means is that they actually write programming for you. They'll write workouts for you, four-week programs um, directly to, you know, whatever your needs and goals are. Um, And then you will have a coach call you and actually almost acts as if he's an accountability coach weekly and they'll hit you up send you your progressions and everything's online and if you guys sign up before february 15th you get 15 percent off of a three-month membership so uh go ahead and check out sage eats today um also remember that the fight podcast is on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share we're on itunes soundcloud google play spotify stitcher and every other place that your podcasts live all right so um the other big event this weekend it was actually going on the exact same time that um that this fight with uh in fortaleza brazil the ufc card and i have to tell you man streaming services are kicking ass right now the zone what they're doing with matchroom boxing and bellator espn plus is doing the exact same thing with uh the ufc and top rank boxing i gotta be honest with you ufc is probably or should i say espn is probably winning ufc is the biggest mma organization in the world and top rank is the oldest possibly the most prestigious um uh, organization, a uh, boxing promotion out there also. So ESPN is doing its thing. Um, if you guys haven't been able to, yo, ESPN Plus is worth it. The zone is worth it, man. Um, you can see so many fights. They have a Rolodex. And look, this isn't even a plug. This is just a fight fan telling other fight fans that if you enjoy watching fights, you need to go ahead and check this out, man. But Sergey Kovalev ended up headlining against Elder Alvarez. This is and was a rematch of their fight from six months ago where Elder Alvarez went ahead and KO'd Sergey Kovalev um, in the very in uh, in a really, really entertaining fight. Um, that first fight, Sergey Kovalev was claiming that he just ran out of gas. He was overtrained. So he made some adjustments this time around. He went ahead and linked up with former coach of the year, trainer of the year, um, one of the greatest um, boxing trainers in the world. We're talking about Buddy McGirt. Buddy McGirt was also a badass uh, fighter as well, or a boxer as well, um, but is one of the most technically sound great trainers in the game. Um, so he felt as if moving with Buddy McGirt would end up helping his career because then Buddy knows how to deal with fighters and he didn't feel he would be overtrained. Kovalev said he's never felt better. And honestly, yo, it proved it, man. Um, if you had an opportunity to check it out, Kovalev boxed Elder Alvarez's ears off, fam. He went out there. His jab looked great. His footwork looked great. He landed power when he had to throw his power. Um, all in all, man, great fight. Uh, I had it just like the judges did. I had a 116-112. And, um, and look, I can't even really be mad if you actually even gave it um, an even sweep for uh, Kobolev. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been hard on Kovalev. And I've been hard on him because of the allegations that he has had in terms of the the misconduct where the domestic abuse where they he allegedly punched a woman in the face after kind of stalking her and chasing her to the crib. I still don't know. I I'm the, the jury is still out and that's why I really don't want to spend. I didn't really want to even spend time on it. But I'm be honest with you, man. If this didn't happen. I want to apologize first and foremost to Kovalev. Um, nobody deserves to be pretty much prosecuted in um, in the forum, in this forum, um, if they didn't do it. Everyone should be guilty and proven or innocent until proven guilty. And I think in our society, we pretty much vilify people from the jump. And even if their name is cleared, we still have that stigma of them being a not shit person. So. We don't know what happened yet, so I'm not going to harp on that, right? But all in all, incredible win for Sergey Kovalev. He has a lot of options. He doesn't have to continue fighting a light heavyweight at a buck 75. He can go to cruiserweight. I would love to see him fight Usyk. We will see what happens. Um, but all in all, man, a great fight. Oscar Valdez comes back out and actually gets a great uh, win um, in his return and finishing his opponent uh, in his fight. But what I want to talk about is Teofimo Lopez. Man, he beat the brakes off a multiple time title challenger, Diego um, Magdaleno. So what what more can I say about this fight? Um, he Lopez goes out there and destroyed, completely destroyed former lightweight and junior lightweight world title challenger Diego uh, Diego Magdaleno. Uh, he ended up getting a seven round uh, KO. Um, Lopez is a beast. He's a 2016 Olympian. Um, he's 12 no. He has 10 KOs and is extremely skillful. From the beginning of this fight, you can tell Magdaleno just didn't belong. He got beat up and the knockout sequence. Oh, my God. We're talking about Marlon Marias not unleashing two, two huge right hands. Bro. He went out here and just unleashed on this dude. Let me just show you some of these numbers. Lopez in the in this fight ended up landing 119 of 329 shots. He only had and think these are all power shots, fam, because he only had four out of 106 jabs, but he kept it busy. And it that keeping it busy really kept Magdaleno on at bay, kept him um, really at uh, farther back, and it allowed him to open up his bombs. Right, uh, Magdaleno man only landed 17% of his shots. Man, um, wasn't even in the fight, man, at all. But. In the final seconds of the sixth round, Lopez went out there and landed a nasty left left uh, left hand to the head, and um, dude, just two of them, boom, boom, two solid left hands. It dropped him, and he ends up pretty much again. His record goes up. Magdaleno drops a thirty-one and three. Um, all in all, great fight. People were butthurt, man, about Lopez um, celebrating after the fight. 
he went ahead and bust a backflip and was talking trash. Did the like the the baseball bat? I knocked him out the ballpark uh, symbol, and people get butthurt about this. Yo, we forget these guys are fighters. They just fought. They're emotional. All this stuff, and we forget the guys who actually talk trash about people's families and everything throughout the fight. He talked trash, he got knocked out, dude celebrated. What are we pissy about? Nothing. We shouldn't be pissy. But what we should be doing is celebrating Lopez, man. Teofimo Lopez is a beast. He is somebody that in the lightweight division will make noise. And um, later on this week, man, I'll be back with Brandon Camille and we'll break down this fight a little bit more in depth and then we'll pretty much see what happens next for um teofimo man so great great fight for him so this weekend who were this weekend's winners and losers off jump and i'm be honest with you man i i don't have any losers this week everybody who went out there really performed i can easily say that um moicano hanato moicano did not show up but it wasn't that he didn't show up. He just got beat by the better man. So I'm not going to call him a loser and say he didn't perform, right? Everybody this week performed. Everybody who was supposed to perform performed. We just had guys who won and guys who lost. So this week, I'm going to focus on who is one of the winners. 100%. We have to go out there and give it to... Um, we got to give it to Marlon Marais. Marlon Marais proved that he is not only a challenger for the 135 pound belt in the ufc he might be the best 135 pounder in the world regardless of organization there's i can't talk about him more glowingly than i already have dude is an absolute beast and the other guy who i really want to uh, highlight is teofimo lopez he is a superstar in the making boxing i keep saying this boxing is better than it has been in years man um, there is, there's, there hasn't been a better time to be a combat sports fan. Everybody's dope. UFC, Bellator, One, Ryzen, PFL, the list goes on. CFFC, um, they have Sean Brady. Um, uh, he's about to compete. If you haven't watched him, dude is a 170 pound monster from the East Coast. Uh, he's going to go ahead and, and perform um, coming up soon. And and again, man, boxing is doing boxing sting. Both sports deserve to be um, there together. And uh, the biggest winner of the weekend was combat sports and the fans, man. We really enjoyed this week. And um, I'm happy, man. I mean, I'm happy. And I'm even more happy about the fire card that's coming this weekend. Yo, UFC pay-per-view this weekend is going to be headlined by the 185-pound middleweight championship. Kelvin Gastelum is going to go ahead and try to take the chip from Robert Whitaker. We've been kind of teasing this coming up from for the last couple weeks. It's finally here. And the one that I'm truly excited about is the style bender. Israel Adesanya is going to fight the legend Anderson Silva. Um, so we'll be back this week and I'll really break those down. Uh, for you guys um and it should be great i'm telling you man there's some fire fights coming up this week and um it's just gonna continue man february is gonna be a good month all right so um we're gonna do this before we get out of here today um and oh 
Where am I? Where are my manners? Happy Black History Month, everybody. Um, it's uh, it's important for us to go ahead and, and highlight uh, Black History Month. But yo, for my black and brown people around the world, man, celebrate all year long, man. Celebrate your people. Celebrate your history. Not just man, not just black and brown folks. Look, everybody. But um, obviously, like I said, I'm black and Puerto Rican, so um, we we do not get in our society, I, I believe highlighted, um, as much as we should. And, um, this is why I definitely want to say, yo, know your culture, know your history, um, and, and celebrate your past, your present, you know, and your future. Uh, so, um, happy black history month to everybody. Um, all right. So, uh, we got some fan questions, man. We got some, your turn to talk portion of the show. And, uh, we're going to have a couple questions in here, man. So we got a couple of them. Let me see what we got. Um, so what this question is, what are your thoughts on Ben? And this comes from rice whiskey. I'm sorry. I know I didn't say that right. Uh, but they said, what are Serge? What are your thoughts on Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler? Oof. Um, yo, I think it should be a great fight. I think this is a fight, though, that is actually tailor made for Ben Askren. It's going to be really great to have him fight a former champion, uh, somebody who a lot of people consider a legend in the sport. If he goes out there, starch his buddy, people are going to be clamoring for him to get a get a title shot at a buck 70. He says he will not buy Tyron Woodley, but Tyron Woodley has already said after he says he beats Usman. He said he wants to fight Colby Covington next. He said he wants to beat him and then he wants to move to um, to a uh, buck 85 and compete for that middleweight chip. If that happens, I can easily see uh, Ben Askren um, doing some, um, competing and end up being the champ at 170 pounds by the end of the year. Or the UFC actually does what they're supposed to do. It opens up that buck 65 pound division and he'll end up being that. Um, all right. What else? <laughs> Another Ben Askren question. Uh, West5673 asks, what do I feel about Kamara Usman and Ben Askren having a little scuffle in the back before the press conference that they had this weekend? Look, good question. Um, I'm be honest with you, man. I don't like it. One thing that I've noticed about Kamara Usman is that he is trying to prove himself. I'm not mad at that. Prove yourself. Do your thing, man. And he's deserving of everything that he's received. He's a beast. He's beaten some of the best fighters in the world. And he has an incredible skill set. But if you actually watch that clip, the way he walked up to Buddy and when Ben Askren really just said hi, I mean, yeah, it was kind of, you know, he had that smirk, you know, that little hmm, smirk. Yeah, it would irritate me too, but this is not the first time we've seen Usman try to get in somebody's face before the fight fam i understand but you know you're you're you want to be tough and you want to have this bravado but it starts looking like fake bravado you don't got to be everybody's buddy but you don't also have to try to get in everybody's face ben askren somebody who beats you in college and wrestling and he probably has a skill set to beat you in mma also so, man, just be easy. You don't have to have to fight. want to fight everybody, man. It's crazy. Um, I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. All right. This is a fun one. This is from at 
DG Loot. Um, they asked, Serge, who would you rather see Conor McGregor fight next? Would you like to see him fight <laughs> Cowboy Cerrone or after his performance this weekend, Jose Aldo at 155 pounds? Oof. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Cowboy. As much as I would love Cowboy, we deserve, we deserve. That is the fight that we deserve. We deserve to watch Cowboy fight Jose Aldo Jr. If he went out there and actually competed against Jose Aldo, um, I think that it would be one of the most entertaining fights. Um, I think it will be a much better fight than a lot of us um, anticipated. And um, I think that it's going to be one of those. Um, I think it would be one for the books. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. The way Aldo has looked in his last couple of performances. He might be able to win, especially at 155 pounds. So we'll end up seeing what happens with that, man. Um, but yeah, I, I would prefer seeing that one. Um, yo, that is about all of the uh, Your Turn Talk questions that we have for today. Thank you for everybody who submitted. Yo, we're going to do this uh, consistently. We're back at it. We're finally getting these questions back in and rolling. So thank you, everybody who um, put your questions in. And we'll always uh, ask weekly for your questions on IG. All right. Um, with that being said, yo. This is the Fight Podcast. Um, I am your host, Serge Vicente. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 74. 74 of the show. Uh, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Check us out at the website, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you guys again for listening. This week is going to be a big one, man. I'm going to have Brandon Camille back to go ahead and knock out some boxing talk and some boxing news this week. We'll break down the Javante Davis fight that's happening this Saturday. And um, we'll, like I said, we'll have kickboxing beast Asatin Powell. He'll also be on the show this week along with so much more. Thank you guys. This is episode 74 of the Fight Podcast. I'm Serge Vicente. Yo, have a great rest of your week. Peace out.